0: I'm Bishop Tom Daly from the Diocese of Spokane, and joining me on the Bishop and Vickers are not the Vickers. It is actually, we have three priests of the Diocese of Spokane. Each of our priests has certain pastoral responsibilities, but also included in their ministry uh, is work they have with our young people, with college students. Father David Cruz from... Uh, St. Catherine's and Sacred Heart and Tico and Oakdale, but also the priest chaplain for the Catholic community of Whitworth. Father Luke Thompson is at the Catholic community the, of St. Thomas More at Washington State. He's the pastor there, and also Father Paul Herrick, who is pastor St. Rose of Lima and the director of the Catholic Newman Center at Eastern University. This is the second uh, show on this topic of our young people, the work of the church, the outreach that our priests have, along with Focus and other missionaries, trying to help guide our young people at a very difficult and uh, influential time in their lives. There's a study done I've spoken about in some of our earlier programs called Going, Going, Gone. It was the publication of St. Mary's Press in Winona, the Christian Brothers, De La Salle Christian Brothers College. In this study of going, going, gone, they found that young people are leaving their Catholic faith as early as 12 years of age. And they're citing three groupings to describe this experience. The first have been called the injured. That is, they have never had anyone in their life model for them a committed Catholic Christianity. That is to say they've been perhaps scandalized. Maybe a member of the family has said they're a great Catholic and then they leave uh, their mom and they take off. They maybe uh, prayed for grandma to get better and she dies and no one explains to them. So they feel injured. They're trying to navigate this relationship with Christ and the church alone. The second group are called the drifters. They reflect the mobility of society. The drifters maybe are part of a parish, but it's so large, no one seems to care. No one explains to them what it means to be a Catholic, how you live your faith today. It's also significant that they don't have a peer, someone that is practicing their faith that can guide them and take them along and show them. That's, again, the value of a, of a Newman Center and Catholic education. The third group are called the dissenters. They do don't agree with fundamental teachings of the Church as the Church teaches because this is what Jesus taught and we believe, issues on abortion, on marriage, on uh, perhaps uh, morality. And so they leave the Church. What is significant, again, in all of these people who who have left the Church is no one is with them to guide them, to explain to them, to model for them Christian living. It shows you the need of a community, and that's really on a college campus at this time when the kids are away from their home, why it's so important. Father Paul, you've been at this longer than anyone else. Um, can you tell us, tell us again some of the, what you see? Where are young people? What are the challenges they face?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, important, Bishop, to realize, too, amongst the three of us, um, that a lot of great things are happening at the Newman Centers, uh, in particular, we have a lot of great activities, and a lot of young people are involved, mm. but once they get there even, the ones that are somewhat involved, you know, there's really three things. One thing I always tell my students is this and, and sort of coined knowing, knowing the statement. It's like you're older a lot longer than you're younger, but your youth defines so much of how you get older. Hmm. And that the issues that I see today, and it's not just the typical ones that generations have passed and my generations of, you know, Drugs, sex, and rock and roll, that's what we always heard. Yes, those are very prominent. But I would say, and we brought it up at the last segment, is the profound problem with anxiety disorders. Mm. Anxiety is ruling the college campuses today. And I'm not talking about the the true diagnosed student who's dealing with anxiety disorder on that regard. But I'm talking about situational anxiety. How do we cope from day to day, um, and and that all of a sudden they're thrown into a campus on how to function. So all three of us and, and uh, would probably say we, we, when we say we take a, a sort of this parental role, I spend as much time dealing with, you know, how do I get a job? How do I how do I function from my day to day life? And I would say those are the big things. I would say that. Uh, you know, the hookup culture, when we talk about, uh, you know, premarital sex, I've been at, literally at, a, at the cafeteria at Eastern, and uh, someone's behind me, they don't see me, and they're talking about their sexual escapades from the weekend. And it wasn't like, gee, I met someone and he or she was cute. It was going into graphic details, and they were laughing at it. Um, and I think, what they're dealing with this is this situational depression um, and, and, and lack of where am I going to go. Yet they're still going to school, they're still having great successes, but I think what we've got to recognize is that um, what we're doing on campuses uh, and, and particularly with young people is, is, is paramount. It's paramount. And that what I'm finding is that young people are hungry for freedom. They're hungry for truth, but It's not easy work. I've done Mm -hmm. this actually for 30 years, work with young people, and it's harder now than ever.
0: You've mentioned that. Uh, Just talking about getting young people, and Father Thompson and I were talking about uh, this earlier, uh, before the radio program, about uh, getting young people to make a commitment to a retreat. Father Thompson, what have you found, as, as Father Herrick was talking about, kind of this anxiety in the college uh, campus, the, the hookup culture, what, about, what have you noticed in, in your years at, uh, at uh, Pullman?
2: Well, going to Washington State University as the Newman Center chaplain was uh, quite an eye-opener for me uh, before my time at uh, WSU, I was uh, in a rural parish in the diocese in uh, Omak, Okanagan, and had a delightful time there. really loved the people, but as I kind of joke, I said, you know, I don't think I ever saw a college student during my six years in, in Omak, Okanagan. Mm-hmm. So I felt very uh, solely, uh, sorely unprepared for uh, this, this ministry and uh, really went in uh, to it uh, with, uh, with uh, the help of Uh, God and and those around me, Um, I immediately, uh, upon getting to Washington State University, I received an email from the faculty at uh, Washington State University. I was on one of their lists, and I was going through the message, and it said that in the last year, a survey was offered to students and 50% of those students surveyed responded saying that in the last year they believed at some point, there was no hope. Yes. Um, and when I saw that, at the beginning of my term there at uh, Washington State University, I was absolutely shocked. 50%, not, you know, I'm having a bad day, things are difficult, they're really not going my way. These are people that 50% have experienced this lack of hope, this almost, uh, this this point of despair. And I think it was a few days later, I had a girl come into my office. This is my first semester there. And she's no longer at the university. But she said something to the effect of, you know, Father, um, I was going to take my life Mm. last night. but I thought I should actually just come talk to you first to mm. see if you have uh, any advice and, and how do you think that I should uh, proceed with this? You know, and I, I just got to say, I just feel solely unprepared for such such a ministry and what we're encountering right now. I mean, when we talk about the problems that our, our young people are dealing with on the college campuses this is where the rubber hits the road, and it is happening. Mm-hmm. These are mm-hmm. these are our our students. These are our um, do you have any you Catholics e- and, and non Catholics, e- Catholic. and they're really really struggling.
0: What do you what have you anyone at Father Cruz? If I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you have a smaller uh, student population you, you work with, but just probably work with young people in parishes. What are what are the the causes of this i mean we we had our priests gathering in uh september in walla walla and i asked someone from from Our Lady of Lords uh, Medical Center in Pasco to come speak to the priest about kind of these anxiety issues. What, what do you see yeah. as the cause that they seem to be where Father Thompson here's someone who might take their life, sure. uh, Father Herrick's experiencing the challenges. What, what do you think? You know, Bishop, it's
3: a, it's a great uh, question and a great topic to, for us to reflect on because we're, we're talking about getting at the core of the human heart. I mean, what is the deepest longing of the human heart? To be known, to be loved, to be accepted for who we are fully— yes. Yes. And, and in an environment where we have the most advanced technology ever seen in human history, we have the most disconnected populations. Yes. Because the, the, the artificial connection that, that technology and social media is offering isn't what the human heart is longing for. We need deep encounter, deep friendship, deep connection with people. And the greatest opportunity for that is, is what we can offer through the church. We can offer Christ himself who knows and loves us to the core of our being. And that creates a sense of identity. And at the end of the day, a, the gift of his peace that gives us something to stand on. Mm-hmm. In the middle of all the all the, the change and the suffering and the challenges of life, we have something inside of us that, that does not waver. And that comes through Christ in an encounter with him and an understanding of his love for us. That's the first step into launching out into... The desire to want more, which means being formed in the faith, which means now becoming a disciple, an intentional disciple, and then following through the rest of your life, pursuing that. And uh, these kids need the opportunity, and we can provide something small at at whatever level we can provide, but it's something. And that's where I think the answer is. At the end of the day, it's addressing the deepest needs of the human heart, and that's exactly what Christ came to, to help us with.
0: You, you've captured that, uh, certainly what the church has taught, and this is this great news. It's the, one of the lines from one of the, the authors that, you know, the world, the, Christ offers us a banquet and people are munching on bologna sandwiches and potato chips. <laughs> and uh, how do we bring the students, I know what you're doing, you're making contact a phrase about going out and fishing, checking them, seeing them. And that study, which says basically what will keep someone in the faith is someone who models it in an authentic way, and, and not in a fanatical way, not in a way that is uh, hypocritical. Uh, you know, uh, I know that when the years of teaching and I just uh, was uh, in California to baptize uh, a couple of the kids for a couple, Andy and Heather Crowley, that I witnessed their wedding about uh, eight years ago, and their thir- second and third kid and. You know, I'm, I'm just grateful that um, mm. the families uh, still practice the faith. They're part of it. They know it could be better, but they're seeing the importance of living the faith. They have it, but what about those who who don't? And um, they're part of this growing sense of of, of anxiety and and hopelessness and, and isolation and. One of the lines I love in the prayer at the breviary and the, the psalm prayer is about radiating the glory of the resurrection. And I think that the hope of that is a, is a joy that doesn't deny st- suffering's place, but, but sees it as something more. We're going to take a break. and we come back, we'll be discussing these same issues again for our young people. Welcome back. This is uh, Bishop Daly from the Diocese of Spokane, and joining me on the Bishop and Vicar's uh, show are not the Vicar's. It are, we have, and we're blessed to have, three of our priests of the Diocese uh, Father Thompson, Father Herrick, and Father Cruz. Father Herrick, tell us something about. I've v- celebrated Mass uh, several times a year, uh, helped out, uh, present at a retreat. You and I have talked on a regular basis. Um, Tell me a story of a student or two that, that uh, you feel the presence of the church in the Newman Center at Eastern uh, has brought uh, them uh, the good news, uh, hope, uh, strength their faith. Sure,
1: sure. Um, I think there's a young man that uh, I was on campus one day, and I just had the sense uh, that God was saying, I want you to go back to the Newman Center. I'm going to bring someone to you. I'm like, well, okay. I went back, and and actually I was just sort of waiting, and it's was like, all right, and this young man walked in by the name of Tuan Lee. Tuan is a typical college student. He, um, good students, good student, good parents, um, really smart. Uh, grew up uh, at a Catholic high school, um, and confirmed the whole bit, and I, he walked in, and something in my heart was like, hey, Tuan, how are you? I've seen him twice at uh, St. Rose of Lima, and he goes, Father, I'm really struggling. And I said, what's going on? He goes, I'm feeling sick. I said, well, can I make you food? Twan loves food. And so for the next six hours, and I don't do this almost ever because I don't have the time, I just thought, I'm going to hang out with this kid, and he helped me. And for the next two months, he did not leave the Newman Center. And uh, over the next three years, this young man went through a, 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 a slow but steady conversion. It wasn't a big experience. But he just had to deal with everyday life issues. And he did it in the confines of a Catholic community. He regularly used the sacrament of reconciliation, which I would say is paramount for the life of all Catholic young people, Mm -hmm. when they're able to use the sacrament uh, of reconciliation and go to confession and just say, this is my struggles. And um, a very long story short, you know, at the end of graduation, he said, Father, I'm proud to say to you, I'm going on Focus. Well, of course, I got all emotional about it. I was like, I'm so proud of you. He just called me yesterday. And actually, Bishop, he said, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing after Focus, but uh, if Bishop Tom Daly has a job for me, I'd love to be his
0: assistant. Uh, hmm. And so... <laughs> well, I have the Secretary of the Cardinal. I don't know if he wants to resign, but that uh, uh, we'll take that in consideration. But I <laughs> would say
1: that there is hundreds of stories of young people that I know all three of us have. It's not about gloom and doom that the gospel works, our faith as dynamic Catholics work, and we just need to be confident in uh, what we believe and and share what we believe. Don't water the message down.
0: We know that that happens a lot of times. I know there was a conversation I've had with um, some alums of uh, Catholic universities and worrying that in the process of trying to make uh, well, the, the favorite song of Father Thompson, All Are Welcome, uh, <laughs> that uh, somehow the faith has been watered down. Um, Father Thompson, something about maybe we've heard from, uh, from Father Paul Herrick about a student at his university. What about a case, someone in, in your school, someone that particularly needed help or was there and looking back they've come up to you and say, you know, I, I, if I hadn't been a part of this Newman Center, I don't know what would have happened. Have you anything like that?
2: yeah we've had a number of students that I would uh, echo with uh, with Father Paul the very uh, similar situations where people have come and in a sense almost kind of stumbled in on our yes, that's a good uh, campus and uh, at our Newman Center and have found a community have experienced authentic friendship and that they are truly uh, loved and are just very grateful for that we have a number of um, focus missionaries now that have come out of our campus ministry and I think each of them would echo that they came to the Newman Center and had a profound transformation and now want to serve uh, Christ and and the church. I've had students come to me that have said, you know, this this place is just, um, has really become the greatest thing about WSU. You know, they've been able to come get a first-class education they've lived at in Pullman the Tuscany of America
0: oh, and
2: uh, oh, wow yeah I, I've, and, I've uh, heard that
0: someone wants compared it the Sausalito of of Eastern Washington <laughs> but I do find that hard to believe yeah, right yeah but they've uh, they've come to
2: uh, a profound uh, deep love of, of the church mm. um, so it's uh, there's just been many examples that uh, can you have a lot of people mind.
1: coming to daily mass too father don't you
2: we do. They uh, have really come to love um, the, the daily Mass that we have at, at 5.30 p.m. each uh, night. That's great. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so. Father Cruz, uh, yeah. you know, not just at Whitworth, but uh, your experience now as a priest three going into your fourth sure. year. Um, your Father Cruz was uh, in the Army before he entered the seminary. And um, maybe, you know, your contact with young people, you know, at sure. the cathedral, the, sure. you know, various work.
3: Well, I mean, I think it's important to to realize that we can't underestimate the power of a single soul to influence others. And when a conversion happens, and it, it, we might not see you know hundreds or thousands, but in, at least in my short time as a priest, the few that I've seen have so much potential to go out and influence the world. And you know at, at Wayworth University, I'm thinking of one gal. she she came to our first meeting a couple years ago as a freshman and she was a recent, uh, convert to Catholicism. The only one in her family. Her parents were still non-Catholic, but she decided uh, later in high school to um, convert, and she did. And and when she graduated from high school, uh, came to Whitworth, found the community, came to one of our meetings, and then kept showing up. And um, and I saw over the years. She's a, she's a junior now. Hmm. Over the last two years now, she uh, has gone on uh, over the last uh, two su- or last summer, and then coming up on this summer to volunteer um, in missionary uh, projects. She's now the president of our Catholic club, and so she and I work together in providing this, uh, the the structure, the infrastructure for the community there at Whitworth. And then uh, I found out she just put in an application to volunteer for focus mission uh, that's oh, coming that's great. up um but and she also runs our, our uh, women's group but the, but I saw the growth of Emily over the years spiritually uh, just uh, just kind of blossoming and the influence that that young woman is going to have uh, in her lifetime uh, in just being a model of living her faith is, is going to be an incredible, she's going to make an incredible impact. And there's others, too, on campus. We don't have a large community, but we have some really quality individuals. And now it's, it's a matter of me trying to, uh, you know, maybe uh, take the next step in, in, in bringing what we have out into the broader community there at Whitworth to, uh, to help the other, the other uh, Catholics and non-Catholics um, come closer to Christ
0: one of the things is, is common to all of what uh, your experiences uh, have been the, the blessings in the midst of these difficulties that our young people face one of the one of the things I know that when I've talked to, to, to you to all of you about that is the reluctance to make a commitment uh, you no know, uh, father Herrick was talking about when we we're I helped him why well, celebrate a Mass at a retreat um, that he said, you know, those getting them to sign up and actually to go. There's this this kind of this challenge of commitment. Maybe, you know, a few words on that uh, because it does, you can't give them if they're not there to receive. So
1: So this is how a college mind works. Um, So it's it's Monday and by, from Monday to Wednesday, they develop a list of everything they can do on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then by uh, Friday morning, they narrow it down to two. And then about uh, 3 o'clock, they picked one of the two. So their yes does not mean yes to you. So we are having our retreat the 9th, 10th, and 11th of November. Uh, we had our new initial sign-up of 60 people plus. We are hopefully uh, will have 45 to 50 and all the people who say, yes, so that's just the ongoing thing. It's not that they don't want to, but they look at a myriad of things that are offered to them, whereas, you know, I'm 53. I really didn't have a lot going on in, in, in high school or college other than, you know, studying or going out with a group of friends. Uh, and so I think it is a challenge, and I think each and every one of us could speak to that and And you do have to be, I always tell people, you almost have to be almost annoying in your pursuit Mm -hmm. of young people. And then they might say this, and I've heard this, well, he's a bit annoying, but maybe he cares enough about me to keep pursuing that maybe there's something to it. So we can't ever give up.
0: Lessons you learned as a door-to-door salesman in selling vacuum cleaners. <laughs> Vacuums. And I sold meat door-to-door in Minnesota at 30 below zero. Did you? I did. We might do a radio show on that on, I've had on more jobs. more jobs than you've ever yes, known. Former I, jobs yes, and current priests. Yes. <laughs> those that we can talk about. Father Luke Thompson, uh, anything mm-hmm. about the issue of commitment? I know you, um, you know, we spoke a little bit about that. Uh, how do you motivate these young people to, again, experience what Father Cruz so clearly articulated they, there is this longing, but getting them there to, to take that first step.
2: I think it takes patience and a lot of energy as well as a personal invitation. It's yes. that personal invitation. You could put something in the bulletin. You could throw it on Facebook. You could say something from the pulpit. But nothing uh, changes that, that personal invite that says, I am inviting you on this retreat because of X, Y, and Z. And uh, it's, it is difficult. It's a real challenge, this, the notion of, of commitment um, right now. We had a retreat recently and had a number of students sign up, and then the day of, drop. Yep. They just didn't show up. So yep. we were left having to, to pay the bill. It would have been great to have them. I don't know um, why, if it's something better came up. You know, there's also this notion amongst uh, young people today, what they call FOMO, fear of missing out and maybe there's this notion that somehow if i if i go on that retreat or i go to that event that i'm going to be missing uh this party or this uh this other possibility that i could be could be engaging in at, at, at any weekend i also think Again, not to, uh, to c- continue to, to, to go back to it, but this, this notion of anxiety that's really occurring, I think yes. uh, students get overwhelmed, especially on the weekends. They come to realize, wow, I got a lot on my plate right. academically. I don't know how I'm going to put all this together. And, uh, and that keeps them from, from committing.
0: Well, I, uh, again, the opportunity for our young people to grow in faith Uh, is so crucial, and our Catholic Newman Centers uh, provide that. And I really would encourage our listening audience, not just here um, in in Eastern Washington Diocese of Spokane, but beyond, to support uh, the works of of our Catholic Newman Centers. I know that this radio show is uh, broadcast in the western part of the state, and I know that a number of students come from the Seattle area to Washington State, to Eastern, to Whitworth, and... I would hope that that listening audience could be and will be uh, generous in in supporting these programs. We appreciate it. Just a clarification um, from Father Paul that he didn't actually write the book, Pepper, the Story of a Perky Pug. (laughs) Father (laughs) Connell wrote that book and it is available and I'm told on Amazon. We thank you for this opportunity to listen to Father Cruz, Father Thompson, Father Herrick, uh, to talk about our young people. And we thank you for uh, this great moment.